Hello strangers, my name is Rose Gothop. I am the writer-director of this podcast and I want to welcome you to The Greenlands Presents. This podcast is all about the magical world of the Greenlands. If you want more information about the Greenlands or want to submit a script or be involved in the project as a voice actor or even just, you know, throw money at us, <laughs> go to our website at the-greenlands.com, the-greenlands.com, or tweet at us on Twitter at GreenlandsThe or Instagram. These also will be put on YouTube. I want to thank our cast for this week's episode of Sister of the Middle Sun, which is a first in a cycle of six stories. Bridget Hemingway, Sam Perry, Helen Berry, Linda Dutson, Kate Newell, David McCran, Francis Broody Oldbridge, Faye Massey, and our narrator, Anne-Marie Goldthorpe. So let's grab our axes, bows, pointy ears, teenage angst, and see you in the greenhouse. Convent study. It is morning. The abbess and the primate are seated on the two hard stand chairs in front of the desk. The primate sips his herbal infusion. Um, uh, dandelion. Very wholesome. He makes a wry face sideways where the abbess can't see him. So, do you not think, Your Grace, that these financial levies from the Sisters of the Moon should cease? Ah, my dear abbess, render unto the Moon Sisters what is the Moon Sisters. Yes, but it isn't theirs. They are simply attempting to revive some ancient rivalry and rid our order of its right to practice. Mm. Unless you can prove it, this situation seems to be simply a rent-claim situation. You mean that we have to struggle on under these impositions then, my lord? The primate leans forward confidingly. I can see both sides of this situation and I'm afraid that I cannot resolve this matter. My powers as primate are not that far-reaching. You will have to solve the situation yourself, I'm afraid, Abbess. The Abbess nods her head hopelessly. Yes, Your Grace. Woodland, day. The Abbess and Blodwin are picking blackberries and putting them into a basin on the floor. Damn that primate. His powers don't stretch that far. Oh, I'll stretch him. Now, now, sister. Remember your vows. At least he was understanding. He has not commanded us to stop earning money. We must suffer this indignity, sister, or else we will lose our reputation as honest sisters. And that will cause people to lose their trust in us and our integrity. You don't want people to think of us as dodgers who will not pay a debt. (sighs) The things we do for integrity... Now, Sister Blodwin, you know that we are beginning to pick up and that our congregation is growing. As long as we have an income, all is not lost. We can live and pay our dues. Blodwin eats a berry. Mm. Mm. (laughs) The abbess looks reprovingly at her. But we can't make blackberry pie if someone has eaten all of the blackberries. Sister Blodwin wraps her hand guiltily on her apron and turns back to the picking. Sorry, Mother. The abbess smiles at her. This does remind me of when we were young. If I remember correctly, you used to lounge in the sun and eat all the berries I picked. Aye, and when you came home with an empty basket, your mother would scream at you for not actually berry-picking. Ah, the sweet innocence of youth. Well, mine anyway. (laughs) They both laugh. Convent, garden. It is afternoon. All of the priestesses are working very busily in the garden except Blodwin. A girl comes into the garden, approaches the abbess and bobs a curtsy. The abbess looks up. Yes, my child. Sorry to bother you, yes, my lady, but ma'am says can you just pop down to see her, go after lunch? Like, there's no hurry, though. It's just that Barnold has taken to answering back, like, 
And me mam say she can't be having with a rude farm animal. Aren't all farm animals rude? No, ma'am. They're normally very respectful of us higher creatures. The abbess looks at the girl to see if she is joking. She isn't. Certainly, child. I will pop down after lunch. The child bobs again and runs off. An older peasant male comes into the garden, spies Agatha and wanders up to her. He takes off his hat and screws it up repeatedly in his hand as he starts to address Agatha. Uh, good morning, sister. Good morning, Goodman Wiley. Uh, I've just come for another bottle of that stuff, you know. He is nodding and winking and then holds out some money. Agatha nods, gets up and starts to walk away. Aye, follow me. Convent, corridor, daytime. Sister Blodwin, in her ceremonial gear, comes out of a room ushering a peasant woman. Yep, it won't go away. Take it from me. The woman smiles gratefully. Thank you, sister. It does mean a real lot to me, it does. She smiles, bobs a curtsy and leaves. Leticia hurries, last with her arms full of scrolls and decorations. Hey, Leticia, where are you going in such a hurry? Do you need an extra hand? No, please, yes. I'm trying to do research on our Midsummer Festival. The decorations are very complicated. Blodwin takes the foliage decorations and others from Leticia and they both head off up the corridor. I'd forgotten that we were going to revive the festival. Oh, the memories... I had the best times of my life at that festival. Yes, and so did the village young men, I hear. Oi. Sorry, 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 sorry. I never meant to take part in it. Our orphanage did not approve of frivolity. So now that Mother Abbas is reviving this festival, I wish to do it correctly. I hear the entire village may come. That's quite a few hundred. Well, my mother used to help organise it. So if I can help, just call on me. Oh, thank you. I may have to do that. They both go into a cell. Priory. Cloisters. It is daytime. The prioress is covered in mud and storming angrily along the cloisters, expostulating to herself. There is a novice scrubbing the floor. She is nowhere near the prioress. The prioress savagely kicks over her bucket as she walks past. Wretched, stupid animal! Get out of my way! Bluster and Mavis hurry up concernedly to the dirty prioress. My lady, have you been thrown? The abbess abruptly stops, as do the others. Thrown! That ass tried to murder me! Never mind, I flayed its wretched hide off and left it for dead. It won't do that again! I am not going on one of those beasts again! I will have my horses and my stables! The prioress starts furiously walking again, followed by Bluster and Mavis. She then suddenly stops, and Mavis and Bluster have to fight to regain their balance and not bump into her. She then suddenly starts to smile evilly to herself and looks starily off into mid-distance. <sighs> Mavis, fetch your books. And you, Bluster, fetch sanctimony. Or to my study. She scutter worriedly away and the prioress stands there evilly machinating and smiling to herself. She then suddenly stops smiling, slowly rotates her head to stare malevolently at the novice. The scrubbing novice, who was staring horrifiedly at her, immediately puts her head down and scrubs even harder. Convent, garden, it is morning. Incubus 4, Botwaga, is digging in the beds and Agatha comes out to him with two cups of herbal infusion, one of which she gives to him. But Waga seems almost cheerful. He looks up and takes the tea. Oh, not more cat's piss. He drinks some of it nonetheless. Then he sighs quite happily and looks around. This world, it's quite peaceful, isn't it? It depends on where you look. Hmm, but here it is 
compared to my world. There's no screaming of tortured souls here. No hellfire, no whipping, no pain. <laughs> Again, I'm sure I could find hellfire and whipping if I tried. Botwaga smiles. Ah, you do not scare me, old woman. There is nothing you can do to me that my old master has not done. Cruel, was he? You know, I think I want to stay here. You've presented me with the perfect opportunity. Now that you've bound me to this plane, my master cannot reclaim me. I don't know if I feel comfortable with a demon whose very nature is assaulting women, living in a retreat made for women and women only. The Gamecubus considers this. But it is not in our nature. It is simply our only skill. We do not have the burning desire to do what we do. We are not vampires. We simply do as our master commands. If my male appearance concerns you, I can make it more feminine. Agatha pulls out a pipe and starts to stuff it with some sort of plant. She sighs. All right. I know you be a foul demon, but my teaching as a sister of the sun is to forgive and teach. So I will make you this deal. If and thou promises to arm none, and thou promises to be useful to me in my work, thou canst live in our sanctuary. I shall bethink me how to explain this to the abbess in time. I thank you, old woman. Despite your hideous looks, you are kind. I must ask, though, what on the underworld's never-closing eye do you keep under your bed? I have met many a creature, but that one is new to me. Agatha waggles her eyebrows and blows a smoke ring to the sky. Oh, knows? The incubus sips on its tea and closes its eyes contentedly. Priory. The Priory's study. Day. Sisters Sanctimony Bluster and Mavis are standing by the Priory's desk. Mavis is holding a big old book. The prioress comes in, slamming the door behind her. She is in a clean gown and is drying her clean face. She throws the towel aside onto the floor and plonks down in her chair. The prioress fixes her eyes onto Mavis. Well, we're going to finish this thing now. I want the biggest, most evil demon you have in your entire book, Sister Mavis. Do you think this safe, milady? Don't you dare tell me what are right or wrong actions. I make the decisions here. What is your biggest demon then, Mavis? Well... She looks nervously at Bluster and Sanctimony. Hurry up, girl, and, and tell Priory's Papule. Well, there is the great Moor of Terror, but... Excellent. Wonderful. I'll have that. Do it! Do it! Now! Bluster Sanctimony and Mavis look dismayed. The Priory. Prioress's study. It is afternoon. The room is a total mess. The Prioress is a smoking pile of robes with blood everywhere. Sanctimony seems to have been dismantled. Bluster is slumped over Mavis's knee. She is holding a knife and she looks horribly burned. Mavis looks relatively uninjured. She is desperately praying with her eyes closed. We see footsteps forming in the dust. We also see a long-nailed black finger drag along the blood on the floor. Long black hair dangles in front of the camera as the demon looks at Mavis. There is soft but very creepy laughter and the sound of footsteps fading away. Mavis cracks open an eye. 
The office is empty. She starts sobbing and gasping. Trying to lift Bluster over her shoulder, she starts to stagger out of the room. Convent, garden, it is night time. The sisters are all decorating the sanctuary. Even the two incubi are helping. It's all very festive and happily. Suddenly, however, there's a gust of wind and we hear a terrible scream on the wind. All of the sun decorations suddenly flash and the two incubi go stiff. The sisters look around. That was not a holy sound. Ah, feel it. Something of great evil is coming to us at great speed. From that direction. She points towards the woods. We can hear creepy whispering. Arthur stood in front of Blodwin, a hand out to protect her. He is growling. Bartwaga is trembling behind Agatha. Novi's patience is praying. Her hands are starting to glow in the gloom. We must retreat to the convent. Thick stone walls will protect us there. Agatha, Blodwin, take our two guests indoors immediately. Patience, come with me. I must get my exorcist tools for my study. If we have to deal with this thing, let us do it properly. The sisters all nod and pick up their skirts to run back to the convent. Halfway down the path, in sight of the doorway, Agatha has stopped dead. They run into her. Sister, what is wrong? There's an angry man in the doorway! Can you not see him? It's not safe! We can't go in there! Letitia is utterly terrified and holding on to Patience for dear life. Patience seems remarkably calm. Well, we bloody well aren't staying here. Your gardening shack, Agatha. That has plenty of tools in and has a lockable door. Yes! They all turn and run through the darkness and the whispers and laughter to Agatha's shed. As they run towards it, Letitia screams and she is suddenly yanked backwards and dragged away. Patience has a hold of her and is hitting the shadows that are dragging her back. Her hands glow with a flash of light and Letitia is free. They get to the shack to find its doors ripped off. It is surprisingly unmessy inside. Blodrum runs in to find a lantern and with shaking hands tries to light it. Oz is standing outside, hands ready to fight and growling. The matches are not lighting at all, and Blodwin seems to be on the edge of panicking. Mother Euphemia and Patience have their back to the women and are facing the monster without, while chanting. Both of Patience's hands are glowing now. Agatha reaches past Blodwin and combines two chemicals in a bottle and shakes them. They then start to glow. We see something in the shadow blur past and we hear laughter. Suddenly, Botwaga screams and beats something off him. He is dragged into the shadows and silence falls. Holy sun above, we're going to die! We're going to die! We're going to die! Son, have mercy on ourselves! Shut up, Letty, we need to listen. Blodwin has a chemical file in her hand and a billhook in the other. She looks scared but firm. Agatha throws Mother Euphemia a bag of salt and a bell from off her desk in this shed. Thank you, Agatha. I just hope I remember the incantation. I cannot hear Botswaga anymore. I will chant for her spirits. Here, Oz, you're one of them. Can't you reason with it? What? No, uh, whatever is out there is way above my pay grade and I'm not even sure it's fully sentient. We have a demon in our midst. <sighs> Sister Bloodwin. Oh, I thought you knew. Don't worry, he doesn't mean any harm. We had a little chat about you it. what? Agatha comes out of her shack with a net. She pushes past the sisters and stands in front of them. I am open this net. We'll hold it long enough for Mother to banish it. That is a very good plan. Blodwin, you stand on that side and help novice patients throw it. Letty, it has tried to eat you once. Go stand in front of the net. You, Mr. Demon, stand by to drag Letty out of the way. And Agatha, Agatha, light please. Yes, yes ma'am. They all position themselves, Agatha rolling out small glass vials of light liquid across the grass in a rough circle. 
Letty is standing by herself, almost fainting with terror up front. Come, 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 come and get me, you little monster. I am a sister of the sun. I, 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 am, I am not afraid of you. The glowing vials all go out and the darkness that ensues, we hear screams, crashes, and we see flashes of death and the sisters fighting. And then there is a woof sound and a bright light in which everyone is blinded and then darkness falls. Convent, a Bessie's study. It is night time. Letitia is shaken awake, the camera fading into focus on the sisters. The vials are producing a lot of light now. Letitia sits up. <laughs> Am I still alive? Blodwin hugs her. We see novice patients lying in Mother Euphemia's arms. Agatha is holding a lantern with a candle above them. She has a black cat rubbing at her legs. She bends down and picks up a doll. It looks weirdly like the Prioress of the Moon. Well, the demon has definitely gone. Look! This is the item it inhabited. Oh, thank the sun we are alive. Patience saved us. Wait, where's Oz and the other demon? I think Patience has only light bomb. Thing might have been sent them back to L2. Quick, we cannot stay out here. We must get Patience to safety and warmth. The sisters grab vials and hurry after Mother Euphemia back to the convent. Convent, Abessie's study, morning. The sisters are all sitting or lying with blankets looking exhausted around Euphemia's study asleep. We hear sounds of people outside. The sisters wake up blearily. What are all the people? Oh, Sun's Teeth, the festival. In all that mess, we forgot about the festival. That will be the merchants arriving. But we can't do the festival, can we? We just had a demon attack. I don't think we should tell them that. They all turn to look at her. She seems less vague for once. They don't need to know that demons of that type exist. Look how much the smaller ones scared them. Besides, we need this festival, don't we? Norris' patience is right. What else are we going to do? Sit in our cells and panic? There are people out there relying on us for once. Oh, all right. If you insist, let's get this festival rolling. Convent Sanctuary, day. There are people milling about in festive gear and stalls, etc. It's all rather fun. Blodwin is standing near a doorway looking out at it. Suddenly two hands reach out from behind her and grab her. She turns round and punches her assailant. Oh, ouch! Don't kill me, woman! Good gods, man! You scared me witless! Ha! You wouldn't have known. You're not in hell? Uh, no, well, uh, sort of. The, the, the physics of the event are a little complicated to explain. I had to retrieve my junior employee. I believe he still has a debt to your sister, Agatha. I am glad to see that you are unharmed and your little festival went ahead. Mm, thanks. So, uh, why are you here? Oz winks and twirls slowly. He is dressed like a nobleman from this world. Well, I think I need a little spiritual enlightenment, don't you? Why, you scheming, devious little... She advances towards him and he grins, closing the door behind her. We cut to Patience and Mother Euphemia. Convent, outside of the sanctuary, daytime. Mother Euphemia is blessing people as they exit the sanctuary and come to her. Novice Patience is assisting... Once the small line has gone, Mother Euphemia turns to Novice Patience. You know, Novice, I think it is high time that you got a promotion. You have saved us all and have been a stalwart member of our sisterhood. I would just like to confirm your official sisterhood now and we will have the actual ceremony next week. Oh, thank you so, so much, Mother. Thank you. I will wear the name with pride. They both smile at each other and turn to minister to people. 
Agatha and Botwaga are running a small stall, selling her suspicious potions. Woodland. It is day. A dishevelled and pained Mavis is staggering along with a half-burnt book in a bag, supporting Sister Bluster, who is limping along with a cane, seemingly almost blind. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sisters of the Middle Sun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we like to make it. If you could drop us a like, a subscribe or a review on iTunes or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts or recommend us to a friend who needs a laugh, please do. We're just starting out and every little thing helps. If you want to get involved in the creative side of things or give us feedback or you want to be a scriptwriter or an actor or just want to be involved in the Greenlands generally, please contact us on our website www.the-greenlands.com or tweet at me at GreenlandsThe. I don't know why Twitter made it GreenlandsThe, but we're now stuck with GreenlandsThe, so tweet at me. Hi. I'd also like to thank our editor, Matthew McGuinness, and our musician, David Berlin, for pulling together our disparate elements. We'll have another episode out next week, so see you then.